give him thanks for that. Amen. Church, that he's always by our side. Lord, we thank you that you don't leave us or forsake us. It's beautiful to be able to come into this place and just breathe easy, Lord, for the way that you love us. Be our shelter and our refuge, Heavenly Father.
Heavenly Father, you demonstrate that love, Jesus. You stretched your arms out wide, Heavenly Father, and demonstrated that love for me. And your blood was shed, Lord, for me, for the redemption of my sins, Lord. No greater love has a man that he would lay down his life for his friend, Jesus.
what a tremendous joy. We give glory to God and we say thank you, Lord. You're marvelous. You're wonderful. You took our place on the cross and we come to you with burdened hearts. Red River, Farmington are two very devastated cities in our state. And many of us have either known someone that was there and our heart was heavy. And we're glad that people that we know were not didn't lose their life, but some of you did. You know those people were burdened for not only Farmington and Red River, but just in our church, just this morning, a family came and said that their son was shot to death over an argument about a dog. I just buried two people this week and I'm burying another one this coming week that was shot to death. The violence is out of control. People say it's the guns. Let me tell you, you don't have to have a gun to kill somebody. It's the hate and the anger that we have to change in this city and this nation. People have to come to know Christ and the love of Christ and the healing power of Christ because without him, there's no hope. Heavenly Father, we come to you with heavy hearts and burdened hearts for the community of Red River and New Mexico, the city of Farmington and New Mexico. Father God, with the murders that have been taking place, the gun violence across our nation, innocent lives being taken down and some with bad decisions, but lives taken down, Lord. Father, there's a lot of grieving families and some are grieving, Lord, not because of a murder, they're grieving because of them being told they have cancer and just a short time. Others, Lord God, are going through marital problems. Some just came out of a divorce and they're trying to heal from the wounds. Some have had a romantic breakup and Lord, others, Lord God, are burdened for their children that are so lost. Some are burdened for their parents that are so lost. God, we just pray and cry out to you on behalf of the brokenness that lives within our city, the brokenness that is in this sanctuary right now. We don't even know what the person in front of us or behind us or to the right or left of us are going through, but you do. So we pray for those people, those in front of us and behind us, to the right or to the left of us. Minister to their families the way we want you to minister to ours. Father God, we pray that we might experience the power and joy of the Lord and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and God's people said amen. Continue to worship. Continue to worship, church. Come on. We wait for his arrival. Amen. We'll see. And you're in glory. His face I shall see Twill be my joy through the See of His love for me Sing it again And away Come on, this is us Come on, church
amazing presence in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we come into this place, Lord, to say, Lord, how marvelous and wonderful it is, Lord, to be in your presence, Lord. And for the reminder, Lord, that you love us, Jesus. And we say, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your spirit in this place, Jesus. How marvelous and how wonderful, Lord, it is to be together with you in this place, Jesus. With our brothers and our sisters, Lord, in this time of worship, Lord, thank you for touching our hearts this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us in this place, Lord, with you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Church, will you celebrate what the Lord has done in this time of worship? Amen. As we do that, church, will you greet one another in his name? Amen. Good morning, my family. Morning, church. Good morning, good morning. What a wonderful time of worship. We want to welcome you into the house of God. Amen, church? Hey, church, uh, right before we get started and before we turn over the pulpit over to Pastor Richard this morning, uh, just a few announcements. But first, allow us to introduce my name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here in, at New Beginnings. Right? And, and my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. Amen. And we want to welcome you into into his house, and we also want to welcome those uh, watching, maybe on our live stream, maybe at a later time, during, maybe on our podcast or something. Oh, yeah. It's just so amazing to share the gospel that way. Amen? Hey, church, just a few things we want to catch you up on. Like we said, David, what's going on? Catch us up, my guy. Well, so many things. First of all, today is Baptism Sunday. Can we celebrate that, church? Man. My favorite Sunday of the month, every month. And so if you're here for baptisms, you're in the right place. I believe immediately after this, after announcements in this first segment that we've got going on this service, we have a baptism class for you. And so please, uh, you're in the right spot. Just hang on and we will direct you towards that class if you are here to get baptized. If you are not signed up for baptism and if you've not yet made the decision to get baptized, we want to let you know. There's also still time for that. We've got extra robes. We've got extra towels. So when they dismiss for that class, you are welcome to follow along if you want to make that decision today to get baptized. Amen. And we, we encourage you, church, that if you're not getting baptized, if you still want to participate in how do we participate if we're not getting baptized, man, you know what? We cheer on those who are getting baptized. Absolutely. Amen. And so if you have 10 minutes to spare right after service, I think it's just an amazing thing that we do. That our baptistry is just out these doors, and man, we get to celebrate with our brothers and our sisters making that public declaration. Hey, church, second thing we want to talk to you about is um, David, um, he's, I was hoping he got some extra sleep this last week, but I don't think he had too much time preparing for camp because tomorrow, bright and early, we leave for summer youth camp. Amen. Yeah. And... Um, and so it's going to be just an amazing time. So a couple of things that I want to remind you uh, that I, I want to ask you to do for us. One, we need prayer. We need prayer. And I'm not even trying to be funny about that. <laughs> <laughs> but we need prayer because we're, we're, the enemy seriously 
comes hardcore when we're working with the children because he's trying to attack the next generation all the time. And so we need prayer. And so use pray, pray for a few things. One, pray for us as the leadership. Pray for our counselors that he would just use us in a mighty, mighty way. Um, and, and guess what? We're not spring Not all of us. Maybe this guy still is. <laughs> but not all of us are spring chickens anymore. And we don't have the energy we used to back in the day. And so pray for that for some of us that are going. And just honestly, it's 16, 20 hour days of us just trying to keep up with y'all's kids. <laughs> and you know how that is, right? And so church, uh, you have trouble with one or two. Try 84, <laughs> all right? <laughs> so church, pray for us in all seriousness. Pray for us. Pray for the children that the Lord would open their hearts from the moment that we walk into this building tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. But I want you to start that work today after church. When you guys go have lunch, have those conversations about what their expectations are and what they want to do at, at camp. And hopefully the Lord will uh, use you in that way as well. Amen. Absolutely. We are gathering here tomorrow at 7.30 in the morning for check-ins for camp. So if you have a student that is going to camp, please make sure you have all that paperwork filled out and be here at 7.30. If you misplace the paperwork, which I understand happens, come see me after service. I can get you another copy that way. We're not last minute trying to fill it out tomorrow morning. You know how that is. So tomorrow at 7.30 a.m., be here for check-ins. That's right. So please make sure we get all of that done. Amen, church. And, and today, uh, right after baptism service as well, David, across the way in 106 is going to be Meet the Pastors. So if you're... If you've been here, maybe maybe today is your first time here, or maybe it's your second or third time here, and you say, hey, I've heard a lot about Pastor Richard, or man, Pastor Richard is this interesting character, Pastor Michael, Pastor Cindy, these guys are, you know, today is just an amazing day, because it's going to be just a jam-packed time of meeting our pastors, and across the way, church, is going to be a Meet the Pastors Fellowship, right after baptism service, so I invite you to to do that maybe like i said maybe it's your second or third time here maybe you've been here for just a short time maybe you've been here for 15 years and you still want to find out a little bit more about us and a little more personally or maybe what goes on behind the scenes we do that for you guys at meet the pastor so we want to invite it's an open invitation and we serve uh, just hors d'oeuvres we serve just light snacks and we don't keep you on forever we don't lock the doors we promise we let you out and we don't keep you forever, and it's just a good time. Of, it's an awesome time of fellowship. Absolutely, church. And, you know, Meet the Pastors and Youth Camp and all these other things that we do are only possible because of your faithfulness in your tithes and offerings. So we want to say thank you so much, church, for your faithfulness in that area. And just as a reminder, we've got four tithe boxes located at each, or one located at each corner of the sanctuary if you want to give with cash. And also behind me, there should be a screen with our text-to-give phone number, uh, a link to our app, the NBCABQ app, where you can give also, and our website, nbcabq.com forward slash give, where you can give online as well. Amen, church. Hey, church, and we say thank you so much. And do we have any first-time visitors in the house today while talking about visitors? Any first-time visitors? Amen. Amen. Welcome. One. Welcome. We Amen. love that you Welcome. guys are here. Thank you so much for being with us. Any others? Any first-time visitors? Well, if you would, amen, welcome my sis, welcome, let's welcome our guest today, and if, if you would take the time, visitors, there's a QR code right behind me, or for anyone really that would love to connect, but we really would love to connect with our first-time visitors, then turn that into our connection table, we would love to connect with you, amen, church? And with that, we say, we turn it over to our past senior, Pastor Richard Mansfield. Pastor. Thank you, guys. Okay. <clears throat> 
Guys, what a tremendous joy to be here. Thank you for joining us Memorial Day weekend. We know there's a lot of families out, but you know what? We want to pray blessing over them. But uh, I got some really good news today and some really dis- just disappointing news. It's not disappointing, but it's kind of a drag. David Sanchez has been serving us here faithfully as our youth minister. And uh, as you know, he's a student at Mid-America Christian University. But next Sunday is his last Sunday with us. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about it. I've been crying for weeks now. But no, look, I, I'm really happy for him, but I really am bummed out because he's done such a phenomenal job. But he's got to go back to finish his career. He hasn't finished school. And to do it online, it's going to take him two to two and a half years. If he goes on campus, he could finish in a year or less. So it's really logical to do that. David, we love you, and we love how God has used you here. So next, to let you know, next Sunday, we're giving him a going-away party, okay? That's his last Sunday here. And because he's a youth minister, we're going to have pizza. <laughs> you guys could be seated, but David, you know you're loved. And, uh, and, and we told him when he finishes, we hope he comes back. But we don't know what God has in store for him. Uh, but, but keep praying for him. But next week, uh, after youth camp, he'll come back. And next Sunday is his last Sunday. He'll stay roaming around the halls, and, but he's going to stay in town a few more weeks, uh, probably close to two months but before he goes. But um, he's got to make a lot of adjustments and spend time with his family before he leaves, his mom and what have you. So please, uh, next week, when you shake his hand, you might even want to put a few bucks in there. And, hey, dude, God bless you. I'm sure he didn't tell me to say that, so I don't mean to embarrass you. We love you, David. Guys, at, now, at, at this time, we're going to install our new youth pastor. He's our faithful guitar player, A.J. Cully. He has been uh, studying, and he's been going through, uh, through, through leadership for uh, the past three years. He'll be finishing his, his studies in about uh, two months, and then uh, next year the first part of the year he'll be ordained he's already a licensed minister of the church of god aj or anthony james cully would you please join me here on the platform and uh thank you wally so much and uh now can i have our our church board and also our church uh church ministers that are ordained and licensed if you'll come up please at this time This is an exciting time, uh, AJ. Uh, I've known AJ for several years now, and uh, I just found out last night his name's Anthony. <laughs> I was looking at the page, I go, I wonder what his name he really is, and that's my middle name, and it's like, I should have known, man. But, uh, but Anthony James Cully, when Jesus saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, 
The harvest was plentiful, but the workers are few. We have asked the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. I have heard the call of Christ, and in the words of Isaiah, I respond. Here I am. Send me. The, the cost of living and proclaiming the gospel is high. Since God has put his work into your weak hands, you must feel the full weight of his call on your life, a weak person with a strong God. The link between my soul and Christ is not in my goodness, but in my badness, not in my merit, but in my misery, not in my stead, but in my failing, not in my riches, but in my need. Congregation, would you say this with us? Pray to God and Father about you. Think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your path is before you, your steps ordered by Christ, who now completes, uh, compels you to love his sheep, his people, his church. Therefore, in everything, set them and set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead, comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. My desire is to serve the God I love, preparing his people for works of service, to labor for the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Ministers of the gospel and the board, have you carefully considered AJ's qualifications, and are you satisfied that he will be a worthy messenger and representative of the Lord and of the New Beginnings Church of God? We have, and we fully support him, the brother and fellow laborer. Are you then willing that he be installed as a youth pastor of this congregation this morning? We are. I give my life and purpose and faith, patience, love, and endurance. AJ, would you please kneel down? I'd like to call his mother and father up. Nelson and Christine Cully. She's one of our teachers here, and they're faithful members. And I'd like to call Adrian Romero, his fiance, up. They'll be getting married this September. And she's going to stand at your right because she's going to be your right arm. She's going to be your partner in life and partner in ministry. She's already serving here at the church, but now she'll be serving in a different capacity. Her number one ministry will be you to care for you, keep you strong, pray with you, and pray for you. Your parents stand here because they modeled faith in your home. You come from a Christian home, but that didn't mean that made you a Christian. You had to come to that decision on your own, and you did. So as they place their hands upon you, we want to anoint you and believe that God's going to do a favorable work in your life and to really, really overpower you with his goodness and his mercy and to continue to bless you abundantly. Congregation, would you please stand with us?
AJ, I charge you with Paul's word. Preach the word. Be prepared in and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and re encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Congregation, would you say this? Never be Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for AJ. We thank you, Father God, for the calling you have on Anthony's life, Lord God, and we just pray you're a powerful anointing upon him. Father God, he has said yes to a ministry that, Father God, is incredibly joyful and fruitful, incredibly challenging, and sometimes frustrating. Father God, I pray that, Lord God, you give him just endurance. You give him a desire to go far beyond himself, to empty himself as you pour yourself in. Father, I pray, Lord God, a blessing, Lord God, over him and Adrienne. Lord God, they'll be saying yes to each other in holy matrimony in September. Father God, I pray that, Lord, your calling on them would just be powerful and you would anoint them and bless them as a couple. Father God, we thank you, Father God, for the heritage that he represents here today. I pray, Father God, for a powerful move of your spirit. As these men and women of God stand around him, they're saying yes and amen. Oh, AJ, might you truly walk in the footsteps of our Lord and lead these young people to the cross and to come to know salvation and disciple them and train them and equip them for good works. Might you serve this congregation with integrity and love and courage. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing today. And we pray blessing over him and his family in the powerful name of Christ our Lord and God's people shout out amen. 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 Love you, AJ. You may be seated. Thank you for your encouraging words. Please encourage him and Adrienne and encourage um, David and their families. Youth camp is right around the corner. And in youth camp, we will be uh, having an amazing time. I won't be going because uh, I'm still, I, I was supposed to go, but I thought I'd be more stable by this time. And I'm walking pretty close with that. All this week, I've been walking without a cane. And uh, yeah, I'm so grateful. So, but, uh, but I just didn't think I was stable enough to go out and be in the mountains and on and on. So I'm, they told me, you're not going big youth. I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but at our youth camp, it's literally a 16-hour journey. Uh, yes, youth, you're dismissed right now uh, to, to go and, uh, and just get fired up and wired up for Jesus. So if you're going to camp, you definitely need to be with the youth today. And, uh, and we thank God for these kids. And then, um, by the way, all of you getting baptized right now, I need you to go out right through this door right here. Um, if you will, please, those of you getting baptized, I need you to go through this door and just go down the hall, take a quick right, and then that classroom, uh, they're going to be... Uh, telling you what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be doing this. 
and what we're going to be doing. And uh, we thank God for all of those getting baptized. Amen. So it's a glorious time of celebration. Um, do want to say that uh, at camp we have an amazing time and we just really celebrate the Lord. And our camp speaker this year is Tim Lusitana. And uh, Tim was a student at MedAmerica Christian University. It was called MedAmerica Bible College back then. Uh, when I was on staff and and then uh, he took off to go pastor and, uh, and make a long story short, um, he was, there wasn't a lot of Hispanics at the college at that time. And so I was the very first Hispanic they had ever hired. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was known as the Hispanic causing panic. <laughs> we just had a lot of fun there. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Tim... They gave him the name Bamba uh, because para bailar la Bamba because they said another Chicano here on campus. But he's going to be preaching at camp all week. So I wanted you to get a taste of how powerful the camp will be. So would you welcome my brother and my friend, Pastor Bamba. <laughs> Love you, Pastor. Love you, man. Love you so much. Pastor Richard, what an honor it is to stand in your pulpit. Um, the very first time I met him was at an Anderson camp meeting, and he was the main speaker. And I, I got and I met Ricky, and Ricky and I got to hang out. And so, so honored you, you, Pastor Cindy. What an awesome um, legacy of leadership you guys have here. Uh, it's just it's powerful to be in this place. I, I feel like every time I get to hang out with you, new new beginnings folk, which I consider you family, and you treat me like family. Because when we go on to the convention and stuff like that, Pastor Richard and uh, Michael always make sure I'm taken care of and I get to hang out with them. So it's always a, a pleasure to, uh, to, to hang out with them and be with them. And I feel like a part of this family. And uh, um, I think uh, he had asked me, Pastor Richard asked me to do the, be the speaker of the camp. Oh, it must have been 20 years ago. 20, I mean, it's been a long time ago. And it's been about seven or eight times that I've done this. And so it's a pleasure to do this. And probably the, one of the most rewarding things of coming back here, too, is uh, seeing all some of the guys and the gals that were at the camp when I got a chance, you know, 20 years to, to, to minister. They're on the stage now, uh, leading and, and, and being a, a vital part of this church. Amen? Amen. I, I, was a, I was a youth pastor for 14 years, and one thing I hated hearing as a youth pastor is when people said, uh, the kids are the church of tomorrow. Can I say this with, with all humility, that if the kids are the church of tomorrow, it's too late. Uh, the kids need to be the church of right now. And, and with the, the church of right now, they're, they're involved with the uh, uh, ministry and involved. They, they won't do this thing that unfortunately happens sometimes is that when some teenagers graduate high school, they graduate church. And, and I'm not putting any blame or pointing any fingers with that, but the way that you have a nucleus here at New Beginnings, it's powerful to see the leadership uh, that's going on here. And I, I'm just thankful to stand in here. Um, it, was, it was great, too, because uh, uh, it was great being part of AJ's installation service today. As, as a matter of fact, Pastor Richard, uh, um, I've never done something like that in my own church. And I, you, again, again, you inspire me. And so if I could rob all your, all, all your script here, I will plagiarize it, okay, if that's okay. I'll just put Pastor Bomba instead of Pastor Richard on it. <laughs> so, so no one's original, huh, except God. Amen. Amen. So 
again, appreciate the, uh, uh, what, what I gain here and what I get a chance to be a, a part of with, with all of you. Uh, Pastor Richard had said that he uh, was doing a sermon series on choosing your future. So I get the tag team in that, and I'd, I'd hope to just uh, uh, be able to, to weave right into that. And I'd like to start off by a story. And it's, it's kind of a violent story. And it, you can almost, it's, it's a story of a gangster. And this, 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 this man, he loved his people and, it, and, and had, had uh, initial innocent thoughts and, and didn't want to do any harm. But he had saw some of his people being abused and ridiculed. And, and it made him angry and it, and it upset him. And then he saw one of the abusers, you know, just, just uh, beaten some of his people almost to the inch of their life. And, and so he thought, you know what, I'm going to get along with this guy. I'm going to take care of business. And he looked around and he saw nobody else was around. And he killed this man with his own two hands. He not only killed this man, but he, he buried this man into the ground so that everything could be hidden of, of uh, this murder that he had done. Because he felt like he had righteous indignation because he wanted to protect his people. Well, the next day, two of his people, they are, uh, they are fighting and quarreling about some other subject. And this guy goes up to them and he goes, hey, you're part of the same family. Well, why are you arguing? Why are, why are you, you torturing each other, like, each other like this with words? And one of them looks at him and says, how dare you judge us? He's like, we know you killed that other guy. What, what's to say that you wouldn't kill one of us? And here he thought what was done in private was now public. And it scared him. And so he runs off to a distant land to get away from all that. And he starts up a brand new, brand new life because he, did, he knew that he would be in trouble if he stayed uh, uh, in this original country. Would you guys all be surprised if that story's in the Bible? <laughs> it's Moses. This is Moses' life. And, and what, what I'd like to do, and, and to piggyback on this idea of choosing your future, I, I would like to, to, to really, really focus on what do you do with your life when all you do is, when all you do is you're controlled by your past and you don't know what to do with your future, how can things change? But can I tell you this right now? That no matter what your past is, we have a God who can take your past and make an awesome future. We don't have anything to worry about. But I'd like us to look at the, some of the other parts of Moses' story. So if you'll follow me in, exec, in Exodus chapter 3, we're going to break up verses 1 through 14 as we go through the text today. And it says like this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses. Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And so what I'd like to point out is that in this moment, God calls Moses But to me, it's not about the purpose of doing something later for the kingdom of God. But this calling that happens with Moses between him and God is the restoration of the relationship 
that, that Moses needed in order to be in the right place with God. I, I think it's awesome that he sees this burning bush. And I don't know if, if you've ever been to a campfire, you see that, that the wood will always burn away and then there's no more wood. You have to keep on adding wood. But there was this bush that kept on burning and there's a miracle in sight. And, and he heard God say his name, Moses, Moses. And what God told him, he told him to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. Now, I, I love hey dudes. I don't know if you guys like hey dudes or not. I like them because it's easier for a fat person to get his shoes off on and on. I got like eight pair. My wife introduced them to me. And I, I love them. But I say this in a no, mean no disrespect to take off my shoes on the pulpit, but it's to prove a point that the moment that you take off your shoes, you can feel where you're at. And Moses was in that place. He took off the sandals. He could feel the sand. He could feel that, that place. Now, now, can we say this? Because sometimes in church, we can take these holy places and we think sometimes this is the only place that we can meet God. And we begin to put ourselves to put God in a box when we look at that. But can I tell you this? That it's never the place that's holy in itself. It's only holy because God is there. It's not holy because of the brick and the mortar. It's only holy because God is present in the moment. And you know, you guys can have God at work. You guys can have God at the family reunion. You guys can have God right there with you when you're you're barbecuing tomorrow. No matter what it is, God can be present no no matter where you go. Because we are living, breathing temples of God. But in order to be that living, breathing temples of God, there has to be something different that happens in our life. We won't understand that if we live our own life and we go after our own selfish desires. We need salvation. We need a reconciliation with God. Of course, we know that comes only through Jesus and his his cross. Amen? And then that moment... God restores Moses for the purpose of the plan that he had. See, Moses thought, you know what, from now on, I'm just going to tend the flocks of my father-in-law. He wasn't even thinking about his own future, in the sense, or his own success. He was thinking about, you know what, probably, again, I'm, I'm making some, you know, assumptions here. But I can just imagine somebody like that, that is, that's living in the fact that he has a past. And he says, you know what? I'm not really worthy of anything else, so this is what I'm going to do. And I've come across so many people who feel like they're unworthy, people who feel like they're damaged goods, people feel like they got nothing to offer God. And I want you to know that God can call you, and he does. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He said he didn't just love New Beginnings Church. They just didn't love Pastor Tim or Pastor Richard. He loved the world. And so we all have a chance to make that awesome choice to follow him. It's a choice that we're all been given. Some people take it, some people don't. And Moses, he took that choice in humility. He still felt like he wasn't worthy in the moment. But it's okay because if you read the story of Moses, there's a lot of times he has self-doubt. Um, it's crazy to me sometimes when people think that they're unworthy. And I, I get it. We should have a sense of humility. Because here's what Moses did. Because God, you see how he restored Moses? He reminded him, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Right there was restoration for Moses for who he was. And he said, Moses hid his face. 
he felt the humility of all that and, the, and, the, and the, the, the weight of the fact that God was restoring him. The people, they don't feel like, well, I'm not worth anything. I, 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 I just, a heart just goes out to you because think about this. If you don't think you're so worthy, why would God send his best when we're at our worst? He sends his best when we're at our worst. Yeah, you're not worthy of it, but God still loves you. God still cares for you. He sent Jesus to die on a cross so we can have a relationship with him. Well, pastor, you're saying God called Moses. Yes, he called him to this thing to where he was back in a right relationship with him. As a matter of fact, that word church, it comes up in the New Testament, of course. And Jesus, he's having a conversation with his disciples. And he asks his disciples this. He goes, who do they say that I am? And Peter, you know, he says, he says this at some point because they tell him, well, they say you're this and you're that. And then, Peter, then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? He's talking to the disciples. And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because my father, and no man has revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And he says, and on, on this rock, I will build my church. And that word church, it's translated as the called out ones, the ecclesia. And with that, we can see that we can be called out. Now, of course, there's some tribes of Christianity. I think they make, they make a mistake to where they think that Peter is the foundation and the rock of the church. Well, if you know through the scriptures, <laughs> Peter has no business being the foundation of the church. Uh, Jesus is the cornerstone. And see, in the Greek, you can see that, that the name Peter is actually Petros, which means tiny pebble. But when Jesus says, upon this church I will build my rock, he, means, he says Petra, which means large mass of a living rock. And so with that, we can see that the church is established not on a mere human being with flaws, but on the fact that when the Heavenly Father reveals himself to a man or a woman or a child to where they're called out then to be restored to him. It doesn't come from another human being. It doesn't come from your mom or your dad or your spouse or some preacher. It comes from the Father. Amen. Sometimes I wonder, because people, they go to church a lot. And they go to church out of tradition. They go out of church because it's a nice thing to do. And they never really figure out that it's about their own personal relationship with God. Because on judgment day, you can't ride anyone else's coattails. But God calls Moses. And with that, let's look at what happens after he calls him. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. You see, God, he empathizes with what Moses was empathizing about. God handled it better, but Moses had and saw the need that was going on. He says, I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. I know I messed up one of those names. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. 
So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So not only does God call Moses, he also gives Moses the mission. And that's the mission is to take the oppressed uh, Israelites who are in slavery out of Egypt. And can I say this? Is that God just doesn't call you into salvation. He just doesn't call you back into a relationship with him. But I believe every Christian is set on a mission. And every single one of us are missionaries. You just can't leave all the work of the ministry to the pastor. As a matter of fact, if you leave all of the work of a missionary and, and, and church work to the pastor, your pastor will burn out. It's actually me and Pastor Richard's job to get you to do the work. Boy, it got quiet. Woo! Do I got to say that again? It's, do I got to go, go scriptural on you? It's our job to get you to do the work. All right. I'll let Pastor Richard work on you on that one. <laughs> but with that, you have to see that God has given you purpose. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you have purpose. And, and, and sometimes what we do is we think, well, I'm unworthy. Yeah, okay, I can understand salvation, but there's no way that I can do what you do, Pastor Tim, because I don't have the credentials that you have or I don't have the integrity that you have. And, and to me, that's just the devil speaking. That's just the devil speaking. Recently, I got reconnected with a guy from my, uh, that was going to my church now. His name is Doug. We do discipleship every single Friday. And Doug actually used to be one of my youth workers when I was a youth pastor. I believe this or not, I was a youth pastor at a church called New Beginnings, but it's in Decatur, Illinois. And at New Beginnings, Doug worked with me. And Doug um, fell away. Uh, he quit believing in Jesus. got divorced. And I've been working on him for a long time. I would probably say almost 10 years. been working on him. And he called me up about three months ago. He says, Pastor, he says, God's done something different in me. He's had to read a lot of books and thinking about a lot of things that I used to think. And he goes, I'm changed now. And he says, I got a lot of questions, though. And I, say, I said, sure. I said, you can come and ask. And so our discipleship session is he's got a notebook full of questions. And it's all about him asking the questions and me just praying to God, oh, please help me <laughs> build, build some of these things. And if I don't have the answer, maybe we can find someone who does. Especially when you notice that God has all the answers. And with that, Doug would say, he says, I just don't feel like I'm worthy of any of this. And that's what he struggled with, you know, because he knew he was doing wrong. And he knew he needed to make a change. He never did, so he never felt like, so it's that vicious cycle that happens within humans. And at some point, he says, I just don't think I can do ministry. I don't think I'd be called a pastor. And I said, well, Doug, I said, you know, how can you say that? You know, again, I'm going to tell a story. He said because he was divorced, he didn't think he could get back into ministry. Because, you know, there's a scripture that talks about how we're not supposed to be divorced. And I don't know why the Holy Spirit, I, I mean, I've seen the scripture before, and I never really thought about it before, but in that moment, you're like, Holy Spirit, in that moment, will give you something. And I said, I said that, well, that's kind of funny. You, you mentioned that. You know what just popped in my brain? And he said, what's that? I said, there was a woman at a well, and she was <laughs> a promiscuous woman. And he Jesus having a conversation with her, and make a long story short. You know, you probably know the story. And, and, and uh, basically, Jesus, <laughs> he has a, a I, I call it the come to Jesus meeting, you know, because he deals with her sin. 
And he says, yeah. He says, I know you've been with several, women, with several men, and the man you're with right now is not your husband. And he talks to her about theology and other things, and the woman's changed. Now, again, she didn't go through a credentialing board or whatever, and she was a divorced woman. woman. She went immediately to her village and started preaching. And it says the whole village got saved. Not even divorce could keep the mission from going out. So God gives us a mission. Doug says, man, I just feel like I'm a deplorable. He says, because I'm so unworthy. And he says, I got I it. Kind of like, you know, he, God, God gives you this idea of, hey, what can I go and do? And he says, I want to go to the prisons. Because I think there's other people who feel deplorable there too. And I said, okay, that sounds great, man. And so we're strategizing about, you know, what to do and how he can get into the prisons and that type of thing. Because he's seeing the mission. And, I, man, I, again, I also just, I'm, I'm just so, so uh, proud of Doug. We have our Wednesday night meeting, and we just do a worship thing to where we, my worship leader leads music, and then someone, if, if there's nothing, I should say there's nothing that's on the, uh, organize, it's disorganized organization, I guess you could call it. If someone has a word, they give a word. If someone has a prayer request, prayer request. We just try to just let the Holy Spirit be the teacher. And a woman started speaking about the same thing, about how she felt like she was nothing. Man, Doug took charge in that moment. And he says, let me, tell you, let me tell you about how I used to think and that type of stuff. And I wasn't in that meeting because we have a class on Luke also, so I went to the other class that wasn't in the worship class. And my wife, my wife, Adrian, she says, Tim, you would have been proud of Doug. He just let the Holy Spirit use him. And so what I want, to see, I want you to see that God can use you. You have to be able to recognize the need and see what's happening in that moment. You see, what you all you got to do is look around, and there's all kinds of needs. And here's the problem is, we as Christians, we sometimes want the burning bush experience, don't we? We wish God would just text us, this is exactly what I want you to do. And we get frustrated with God when he doesn't do that. Amen? But here's something you can do is just look around and see the needs that are happening in the community and families and with people around you. When I started off as a senior pastor at the uh, Rock Springs Church of God, there was a school about a mile away. And we decided to adopt that school. And I went to the principal. And I went to the principal and said, hey, we would like to serve you. And that was confusing to her because the very first thing she asked me, she says, well, pastor, she says, what program do you want to do? I said, I don't want to do a program per se, but what I want to be able to do is to be able to help you make your job easier. And she said, well, pastor, a lot of our kids, they don't have a, a, a whole lot of families that are affluent and they're poor. And she said, when it gets cold, I have kids that show up with no warm coats. I said, okay, we'll do a warm coat drive at the church. And so here's this church, a small church, gathering together, trying to bring coats. And not only did my people get some coats, but on one Sunday morning when I came to the church, on the front step was this huge red sheet tied together like a Santa Claus sack. And it had all these coats, like 30 coats in there. And they had Walmart tags on them. I couldn't believe it. And I just started crying because God... God shows up and does this because we look at the need. We look, at the, we look for needs that are happening in the community. You know, it was really funny. And I, I'm, I'm a little, um, not only did I take my shoes off in the pulpit, but uh, one time the principal, she said their need was the kids don't have enough underwear because they have to have underwear because kids sometimes mess, mess themselves up while they're at school. 
And so on our flyer, in our bulletin, I had a, I had a picture of underwear saying, we need to, to, <laughs> to, to, uh, we need to uh, collect underwear. You look at the needs that are happening around you. And so with that, the mission is clear into where we're supposed to do. And when you see that you have a God, no matter how much you've messed up, you have a God who sees beyond how you see yourself. And with that, God gives you the mission. But here comes another tricky part. Let's read on. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? You see, Moses had the same problem. Matter of fact, if you read about his story, a lot of times he has self-doubt. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? And what should I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, I like to be able to give people resources because sometimes in our, in our Christian walk, there are things that we don't know. And there's a great website. It's called gotquestions.org. And if you're interested, you got some questions, it's a great place uh, to do some research because all you got to do is type the question in the search bar and all these cool things come up on how people who are a lot smarter than me uh, have, have researched and come with us. So I don't want to plagiarize what was written, but this is what I got when, when um, I asked uh, questions about the great I am. And it says this, I am is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, and immediate presence. God's existence is not contingent upon anyone else. His plans are not contingent upon any circumstances. He, is, he promises that he will be what he will be. That is, he will be the eternal, constant God. He stands ever-present and unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself to do what he wills, to do and to accomplish what he wills to accomplish. Jesus made seven profound I am statements. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the true vine. You see, Jesus identifies himself as the great I am. And when he's doing this with this Jewish bunch of people, he's basically telling them, I'm God. It's awesome. And so with that, with that, you might have the mission, you know, say, boy, I feel some self-doubt because this mission's a lot bigger than I could ever, ever finance. Or I could ever resource. Can't get enough volunteers. Well, that type of thing. And man, that can be a little scary sometimes, especially when God is calling you to a mission that's so big he's got to show up. Because <laughs> we like to control things, don't we? We like to make sure that it's simple and make sure that it's not complicated, make sure everything works right. That's not always how it works with God. And here's the awesome thing about God, is that no matter what he's called you to do, 
if he's truly called you to do it, he will resource it. Just like, just like with the, the clothing drive, just like with the underwear drive. I got to say this too. Man, last year, um, um, I should say this, we've been doing a food pantry for a while. But of course, as, it got, as we got, we all know this, as we got more into COVID and later on after COVID, the prices just started rising. You know, gas prices and the food prices. You guys remember uh, five, six dollar dozen of eggs? I, I mean, I mean that's, that's a lot for people. And we had our food pantry, and we saw more people coming to our food pantry because of the needs that were happening in the community. And one time, you see, here's how God resources his church in such a way, he will provide the resource for you before you even know it. This is what God will do. So there's, there's a Dollar General right next to my church. And the freezer broke down at Dollar General. We get a call from the store manager, and the store manager says this, I love what you're doing in the community. Your food pantry has helped my own brother out. And we were wondering if you would want all of the food in our freezer for your food pantry. That's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. Here's the thing. Because God knew it. I didn't know it. Because he knows the future. I don't know it, right? We had more people at the food pantry than we ever had before that day. We would not have had enough food that day. And so I, I don't want to believe this, but something inside me says, did God break down that freezer so we could have that food? <laughs> or maybe what's a nicer thing to say is God already knew the freezer was going to break down. That's the God we serve. He provides the resource and all those things. We get so focused on ourselves, and we forget that we have Jehovah Jireh. He provides everything. Amen. And we get so, we go to get so, we want that burning bush experience. We want people, we want to say, hey, God, I want you to tell me exactly what, what I need to do. And sometimes we have to figure these things out. And as it goes in, going back with the, the sermon series, we have to make choices sometimes. And we have to choose. When I was uh, um, getting ready to go into ministry, I was going up to Mid-America Bible College, um, now Christian University, and I got a chance to be on a vacation Bible school team. And I didn't want to do that because I want to be a youth pastor. I didn't think I was supposed to work with children. I thought, you know, I'm going to go to the teen camps. And get sent all over the, the country for that. Well, Johnny Creesong, uh, he was my boss. And he says, Tim, I need you to go to uh, the vacation Bible school team. Because i got three young ladies. And I, I want to mail with them as they're traveling. I said, okay, I'll do that. Had a good time. But do you realize that when I did that, all those churches, we went to five different churches in four different states. And they asked me to be their youth pastor the next summer. I mean, you don't always know what God is providing in the moment. And sometimes we just have to look at how we need to serve God. Instead of just serve ourselves. And I remember at the end of that summer, after I did that vacation Bible school team, and I was just feeling blessed by God, I felt like, man, God, it's crazy with these churches. I would like to have a burning bush experience so I could know exactly what church I need to go to. My friend Mick, he said, man, Bob, it's good to see you. He's a guy that I graduated high school with. I was back home in my hometown with my, with my mom in Springfield. And I'm um, getting ready to go back to school. And I said, he had, Mick had asked me, what did you do this summer? I told him, I told him the plan that, this, this choices I needed to make. He says, boy, I wish I had your problem. He goes, I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I saw the blessing in the choice. You know, God, God just doesn't always give us the burning bush experience. Sometimes he allows us to use our brains and the Holy Spirit in a moment. He trusts you because the temperature of your heart is so connected with him, he allows you to make the choice. Do you guys like the Karate Kid movie? I love Karate Kid. Mr. Miyagi, right? Daniel-san. Love those guys. 
My favorite part of the whole movie is when um, it's Daniel's birthday, and Mr. Miyagi gives him the gi with the emblem on it, with the tree, right? And then he, goes, he says, that's the number one gift. And he says, now it's time for number two gift. And he goes outside, and there's all those cars that Daniel had to clean, remember? All those cars. Wax on, wax off. Man. And now Daniel's going to get one of those cars. And I remember the first time in the movie theater when I was sitting there, I just thinking inside myself, and I screamed inside myself when I saw Mr. Miyagi do this. Choose. I said, I said to Daniel, pick the yellow one! Pick the yellow one! And he did, man. I felt so connected, you know? What a great movie. Can, can you imagine that when it comes to making choices, uh, with God of your future, I like to imagine God is, uh, Mr. Miyagi is a God-like character, and God just says, choose. And so sometimes you're so stuck on making a choice because you went the burning bush and you're missing out because you can make a choice. And so with that, I'm going to leave you with three things to think about. I'm going to ask Pastor Richard. Pastor Richard's going to close the service. Um, for one, if you're feeling the calling of God in your life, I'm not talking about ministry in this moment. I'm talking about the calling of being reconciled back to him. So where you feel like you're a low life, you feel like you don't deserve it, you feel like you sinned so far that God can never forgive you, I want you to know that where sin abounds, grace more abounds. You've never, done, you've never gone so far that you can't come back. And it doesn't matter how long you've gone to church here, if you're a first-time guest here and you need to reconcile that with God, would you do that this morning and think about that? And two, you've been thinking about the mission. I would just ask that you would just consider whatever God is seeing a need in around your community might be it. Or you might, you might feel the calling to preach or other things. But no matter what it is, know this, that it's not just enough to be saved and sit in a pew, or I should say a chair, <laughs> but that God calls every Christian to a mission. And so consider the mission that God has called you. And without the last thing, is consider the resource. Don't be so focused on things and money and power. Be focused on the one who can provide everything. It's not about you look for the thing of resource, but you understand that God is your resource. And when God is in it, he's going to win it. <laughs> he will take our mess and make a message. He will take our test and make a testimony. He will take a victim and make a victor. He will take a murderer like Moses and make a messenger. That's the God that we serve. And so with that, thank you for allowing me to be here. I can't wait to hang out with your kids. Please pray for us as we go through this week together. God bless you, New Beginnings family. I love you. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. The youth are going to get some good stuff, amen? We just got some good stuff. I don't know if there's anyone here who has never surrendered their life to Christ. God's been calling. The bush has been burning, and you've been ignoring it. But today, you're like, man, today's my day. Can't believe that this guy spoke about that, and I, 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 I just, I need that. And you've never surrendered to Jesus, and you want to do that. If you want to do that, raise your hand and say, that's me. He was talking to me today, Pastor. Anybody here? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Well, I just want to say, 
that we want to pray with you because you're making the greatest decision of your life. So if you raise your hand, stand to your feet. There's Pastor Eddie's over here, and he just wants to explain to you everything that you're going to gonna do. So if you raise your hand, stand up real quick. I just want to pray with you. Congregation, would you pray with us? Would you pray with them? Say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, today I want Jesus Christ as, his, as my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I receive him by faith what he did on the cross for me. And I want to live for you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you that stood up, come up here real quick. I want to give you a hug. I want to give you a hug. This is an exciting day, man. This is an exciting, exciting day. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Eddie. Look, guys, for all of you that are walking away, wait up. Pastor Eddie's got a Bible for you and some other material we want to bless you with. Go over there with him real quick, like, and just get a handful of resources to help you grow. Now, would you stand with us? Pastor Tim has challenged us to make sure we're connected with God. Some of us have gotten fuzzy connection. You ever had a connection on your internet and it, your phone is going on and off and your internet's just buffering and you're like, man, some of you are buffering with God. You kind of are connected, but you're still connected with the world. You gotta take your shoes off. You gotta let anything separating you come right back to him, amen? And then you need to say, okay, God, I got a big calling, so now I need a big God to resource it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for what Bamba has shared with us today. Thank you how he has challenged us. Lord, there's people that are going through some trials right now. God, I pray that today they surrender it over to you. I pray that they release it to you. And, Lord, they experience the powerful God that Moses did and that many of us in this room have. I pray for those that are in this room or those that are watching online, and I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, church. If you want some special prayer, you're welcome to come to the altar. There's people that are praying with you. If not, we're having baptism service right now. I hope you'll stay and you will encourage those getting baptized.